everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. It's the story that no one wants to talk about. And it's the pain no one wants to visit. And yet, that's exactly what my next guest did in 25. When at the request of his wife, Kim, he penned his thoughts for his six children and gave them as Christmas gifts. What happened next would literally change the world and life of this dad, loving father, businessman, poet, writer, songwriter, and graduate of theology, summa cum laude, who never intended for any of his works to be published. What started out as 15 copies became a worldwide sensation, read by millions, and translated into over 40-plus languages. A metaphor, a work of fiction, a novel, never meant to be a biblical thesis, rather a testimony of one's life who escapes the pain of his abusive past and learns to forgive those that caused it, including God. Here to tell that story and more is its author and now filmmaker, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome William Paul Young of The Shack. Paul, welcome to Testimony. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you. Thank you for that. Obviously, you did some homework, but you forgot grandfather. That's got to be like the best. <laughs> you, know, you can you can put you can put book writing aside and filmmaking aside. Being a grandfather, there is just nothing like that. The reward for a life lived. And that's what I've heard. Congratulations, Paul. I just finished watching the screener for your story, The Shack, releasing nationwide in theaters today, starring actor Sam Worthington and Octavia Spencer, a stellar cast, a beautiful and moving film, a film that brought tears and laughs and more. Paul Young, I want you to tell us more, but before we begin, I want you to dispel some of the controversy and the naysayers regarding your view of the Trinity. Paul Young, please tell us that story. So, so you have to understand that uh, when, when Papa came through the door, God the Father, and God the Father was a large black African-American woman, my mother shut the book and she picked up the phone and she called my sister and said, your brother is a heretic. <laughs> and she meant it. And it, it's a wild story how she got past it, but she's past it now. The Trinity has been, you know, somewhat of a theological conundrum ever since uh, Jesus, because Jesus talked about this face-to-face relationship with the Father, talked about a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that goes all the way back into the Hebrew Scriptures. When you're introduced to God in Genesis 1.1, you're introduced to Elohim, and Elohim is a plural, and it's not a duality either. There's another form in the Hebrew that is used for two, but this is three or more, and it's right from the very first verse of Genesis. You're, you're given an introduction to the idea 
that God is a plurality of persons within the oneness of being. And how do you talk about that? How do you even begin to relate to that? And throughout the centuries, there's been a, a lot of attempts with analogies and things like that. And I didn't write this to try to explain the Trinity. I wrote this as a gift for my kids to tell them about the God who actually showed up and healed my heart. And one of the most beautiful things about the Trinity is that if there is not plurality within the God, plurality of persons, that means that there is no other centeredness, no no real basis for love and relationship. If God is alone, that God does not by nature love. And this is why I love the Trinity. So uh, the imagery that I use is what I think has bothered some people. You know, they don't mind if C.S. Lewis talks about Jesus as a lion or scriptures use, you know, God as a burning bush or... Um, Isaiah says that God is a nursing mother for the parables. You have a father, you have a shepherd, but you also have a woman who loses a coin. That's God. And uh, so imagery was never intended to define God. It was intended to be a window through which we could understand some facet or see something about the nature and character of God that was bigger than the box that we brought. And, uh, and, and playing with those images... Uh, and imagery, which is all over scripture, from animals to inanimate objects, you know, rocks and fortress and a strong tower. But in doing that, suddenly the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit became the centerpiece, and it made sense to people because we all know about the mystery of relationship, and that has to have originated in the very being of God. And, you know, the fact that I played with a gender, that's, you know, that's orthodox theology. God is not more male than female. All of maternity and all of paternity originate in the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Spirit. And uh, so, yeah, so I don't know if it dispels anything, but it's, there's a whole bigger conversation than a lot of people think there is. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be in the middle of it. Didn't anticipate it, but... Uh, I think it's an important conversation, especially at this time and juncture, um, and that God isn't just the white, distant Gandalf with a bad attitude God, which is the God that I basically grew up with. Right. Now, I noticed in the movie, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to author and filmmaker William Paul Young of The Shack. I noticed in the movie, Paul, that uh, Octavia Spencer, who plays Papa, a.k.a. God, has shown up to you as female in the movie because she says to you in the movie you couldn't handle the father that was so abusive to you in your past. So I found that as an explanation God meets us where we're at when so many out there listening may have been abused by their fathers so they don't know how to relate to a quote Father God, but they can relate to a loving mother. But so, just to be clear, you are a full believer in the triune God, Father God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Correct? Absolutely, and you're and you're right. Um, God is not a bad communicator, and God loves you. God loves me. God loves every single person. 
So God's not going to create an impediment that is that you can't get beyond in order to have a relationship. You know, if 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 I love my child, I'm going to find a way to communicate and bridge whatever whatever illusion or lie they might believe about my character and nature. And and Mackenzie can't. Most of the damage in the world is caused by men. And I don't think anybody can argue with that. And um, and a lot of us, we got we got terribly hurt by the men in our world and the men in our lives. And, you know, if you look at the Hebrew word for uh, mercy, which and mercy dominates the Hebrew scriptures. Mercy is what endures forever. But the word mercy in the Hebrew comes from the same root as the word for womb. So every time you talk about the mercy of God, you're talking about the womb, the womb love of God. Uh, gated waters, hidden waters, and this ferocious, relentless affection that is protective and seeks the best and the highest for the one that she loves. So, you know, for some of us, the the pathway into this relationship has not been about a father figure, or we've, we've needed to be healed. And it, you've seen the whole movie, so you know that even that gets reconciled to some degree. Right. Right. And toward the end of the movie, you actually bring back a male figure because now you are ready to deal with that male figure in your life, which now has to take you to your greatest place of pain that needs to be healed. Quickly, Paul, would you tell us the premise of the shack and what you hope the audience will take away after watching it? So the premise of the of the book and in the movie is the greatest loss a human being can experience. And neither is graphic. The movie is not graphic, so you don't have to be worried about that. But the greatest loss a human being can experience is a loss between a parent and a child. And the question is, where is God in the middle of that kind of loss? And we live in a world where all of us know love and loss. And the questions come around this. The main character is a father whose young daughter is is abducted and presumed to have been murdered, and then he gets invited back by a mysterious note back into the middle of his great sadness. And the story unfolds inside of that. And it's a, it's a confrontational story. It, it asks us questions about our, our judgment of God and of each other and about unforgiveness, but it also affirms our great sadnesses and our great losses. It just comes around and, and embraces us in a way that's transformative. It's an invitation into a bigger conversation about what it means to be human. And I think the book and the movie have both done this remarkable thing of giving people a language to have a conversation about pain and suffering and God and loss and the wonder of our humanity in a way that's relational and not religious. And I think that's a huge invitation to all of us. Right, and when so many today, statistically, are not reading their Bibles, Paul, 4% even open up the book, how can we expect a generation to even know what's in the Word of God, to know what the truth is? Yet I found while watching the movie, Scripture is weaved in without verse and text given. Uh, It's there. I found it to be very moving, emotionally impactful, The topics that you cover have to do with forgiveness and anger, redemption and healing, and how we get there. 
Yeah, and it's not formulaic. It's not some simple pat answer. This is not like, oh, you know, everything will be okay. Um, God has a great plan. It's not like that. And um, it's about being human. It's a, it's really honest. And I think that's part of the reason that it's been so attractive to so many people, both as a novel and now as a movie. Absolutely. Well, you're uh, an extraordinary writer. I was impacted by your work before I even saw the film. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to New York Times bestselling author and now filmmaker William Paul Young of The Shack, a novel and a metaphor that speaks to the heart of the abused and those who have suffered loss of any kind. You can learn more about Paul's work, ministry, and mission by visiting theshack.movie.com and go see this movie, The Shack. Get hope in knowing that we all serve a God far greater than our pain. Paul, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your deeply personal story through the pages and now on screen of your book, The Shack. You remind us all of the shacks in our own lives if anger and judgment are allowed to become greater than love and forgiveness yet the healing that can come through Christ Jesus if we but open our hearts and trust your film the shack shares that message and beautifully so we thank you and God bless you thank you it's been an honor to be with you Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.